Well, the, uh, the last couple weeks here um, at t- not just our Tiffin campus, but all three of our campuses have been exciting uh, as we've been able to watch people uh, grow in their relationship uh, with God through following Jesus in believer's baptism. And so if that's, that was you the last couple weeks, I uh, just want to say, awesome, we're so uh, supportive of you, and, um, and it was great for us to be able to watch. We had, uh, like the video said, we had over 76 people from all three campuses get baptized the last two weeks. And uh, there is at least 24 of those were from Tiffin Campus. And so uh, just fun to watch and, uh, and brings joy to us. Uh, last week, we started a new series called Seven. And uh, we are going to be going through Matthew chapter... Seven, okay, one person uh, knows. (laughs) Thank you, whoever that was. Um, We're going to go through Matthew chapter 7. Now, Matthew chapter 7 is actually um, kind of the last part of one of Jesus' most famous talks, which was called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, one day, Jesus, he's out, uh, out and about talking to people in the countryside by the Sea of Galilee. And um, a crowd forms around him, and he actually walks on... On top of the, to the top of this hill, sits down in the grass and just begins to teach, just begins to talk to him. And uh, last week we talked about um, one of the things that Jesus talked about, uh, which was uh, how to judge and how not to judge. And uh, immediately after he teaches on this for just a few few minutes, uh, he begins to couple kind of two subjects together. And uh, almost like he's trying to kill two birds with one stone, in a sense. And that is he talks to us about prayer, but also um, along with that, and maybe the overarching theme of why he's talking about prayer is he starts to talk to us about generosity, okay? Now, prayer and generosity uh, probably aren't things that a lot of people in this room would admit that we excel at. Um, I've never met anybody that has said, hey, um, I am really good at praying, Okay, or, hey, my problem is, you know, I just pray too much. I've never heard that, okay? If that's you, speak up. But uh, I've never heard somebody say, hey, you know what my problem is? My problem is I just, I've given away all my stuff. I've given away everything I have, right? We, people don't do that, okay? There's all things that we're good at in life that we're naturally good at. There's all things, you know, we all have a bunch of things that we're naturally not good at. Uh, some of you guys are totally good at woodworking. Some of you guys are totally good at cleaning. Some of you guys can fix your own vehicle. You're good at uh, teaching or organization or gardening or, you know, I could go on and on all day. Um, but there's, part, there's things in our life that we're just not good at, right? Like naturally, they just don't come um, easy to us. And probably prayer and generosity would fall into that category for probably every single person in this room. And so uh, that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to look at what Jesus had to say about prayer and generosity. And, um, and in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, is the TV on? We good? No? Yeah? We got the verse? I may have turned it off. I thought I was turning it on. There, we'll see. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Remember, Jesus just got done talking about judging, and then he says this. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. All right? So that verse, I mean, that sounds pretty good, right? Right? I mean, we read something like that, we're like, okay. All right, I like that. 
right? That, that sounds pretty good to us. On the surface, it looks like um, we can ask God anything that we want, and God promises to give it to us. It sounds like, when, when we read these verses, it's like God is kind of like our genie in a bottle that we can, you know, that he can grant us any wish that we could possibly have. All we have to do is, is ask. And some of you guys, even right now, you're like, I'm writing that verse down. I got to remember that for later. That's, some, that's really, really good. See, some people, and even a lot of pastors and preachers, they pull this verse only out of what Jesus is saying. And it's almost like it gives us permission to order God around in our life. You know, God, I, uh, you know, I'm asking you for that better, I want a better house. And I'm asking you for a better house or I'm asking you for a better uh, living situation. So now you have to obey me because I asked and you say, if we ask that, that I will receive. Or, God, I'm asking you for, for that promotion, and, and now you have to give it to me because that's what you say in the Bible. Or, God, I'm asking for my kids to do well. What's taking so long? What's going on here, God? Where are you at? Remember, you said you have to give it to me. Or, God, I'm asking you to, to heal me or to fix some physical problem that I might have or that my friend might have or my family member might have or some issue that they're going through. So, God, hurry up. Let's go. What's the deal here? See, I don't think that's what Jesus meant as he was sitting there on top of this hill, sitting in the grass, teaching this crowd around him. That's not what he was saying. He's not saying that all we have to do is ask and everything will end up the way that you want it to or the way that we want it to. But he is encouraging us to ask. Now, doesn't that make you feel good? I mean, isn't that a good feeling? Right, that the God of the universe who, who created the universe through words and knows every star by name, who's all-powerful, who's completely holy, who could do anything that he wants. The Bible says that we're just filthy rags compared, compared to God. It doesn't make you feel good that that God is saying, hey, I want you to ask me for things. Hey, I want you to ask that's what he's doing. I've uh, noticed uh, in my life, this is, what I, this is what I do, okay? Many times I will ask God for something super specific, okay? I think we all do this. We're all on the same page here. We ask God for something super specific, and God doesn't give me exactly what I ask for, but he does many times give me what I want, Okay, let me explain that. Um, what I want a lot of times and what I ask for are two different things. Okay, let me give an example. Um, many times I pray, again, super sp specific. On Sunday mornings, for example, as I'm driving here, um, I'm driving from, from Green Springs, and, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking, you know, I'm praying to God. I'm asking for the service to go well. I'm just asking a whole bunch of things. And sometimes, you know, it's like, God help, you know, I, I ask that people will come today and that everyone will feel at home and that everyone, you know, will enjoy the service. And I ask that the music will go well and the singers will sing well and Blaine will lead well. And, and I ask that we have enough seats out and that there's no problems with children's and there's no problems with the impact team and that our, our new hot chocolate machine works this week and, you know, I asked that we don't run out of cups and, and my mic to work right and, and, you know, last week it was, I asked that the baptismal tank is still sitting on stage because we were worried because it's super heavy and it was leaking. Help it not to be leaking. You know, I asked for all these things, but in reality, what do I really want? If I just like zoom out what is it? I don't know. I just want a service that brings people closer to God. 
And God doesn't give me everything that I ask for, but a lot of times he gives me what I want. See, sometimes my problem, and and I think we're all in this, I think we all do this to a certain extent, sometimes I think our problem is we focus on what God didn't do for me, and we forget that he actually gave us what I wanted, just not the way that I wanted it done, if that makes sense. See, it's like I dictate to him how to give me what I want. All right, God, I want this, and this is how I want you to do it. I want you to do these hundred little things to make that happen this way. And I feel like for me personally, it's like I need to pray more generally and not try to micromanage God because that's our tendency. God, do what I want and do it in this specific way. When in reality, the way I should be praying, like on Sunday mornings, for example, should be something like, God, this is your church, right? Use your church to reach people today. I don't really care how you do it. You know, whatever you got to do to make that happen, I'll leave all the details up to you. See, Jesus here, as he's sitting there talking to this crowd, this group of people, he is encouraging us as believers, to ask God for things. He's encouraging us to ask. And I feel like for most of us, you know, we're pretty good at asking. Um, I don't think we're good at praying. Let Let me phrase that right. I don't think we're good at praying. I don't think we pray enough. I don't think we spend enough time with God. But when we do pray, I feel like probably 90% of our prayers isn't thanking God for stuff. I don't think 90% of our prayers is praising God, telling him how good he is. I don't think 90% of our, of our praying to God isn't uh, just talking to God, telling God about our day, telling him about you know, what uh, went well and what didn't go well, what frustrated us, what annoyed us. I don't think that's 90% of our prayers. I think 90% of our prayers is, is just all asking. God, give me this. God, give me that. God, help this happen. Hey, God, I I want this to happen. See, we like to ask, and some of us, even in here, and, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but some of us, we got these huge lists of things that we pray for all the time. And again, I'm not saying that's wrong. That's kind of what Jesus is saying here. But we have to remember that prayer is more than just asking for stuff. It's more than that. See, we want God to be generous to us. And some of us, let me just say this. Some people, you know, we see, and we all do this again to a certain extent. Is some of us, our attitude towards God is, well, I went to church on Sunday, or well, I gave to church, or well, you know, I, uh, I did this, and I was a pretty good person. I was really nice to this person, so God owes me. So when I'm asking God, I'm not going, hey, God, you're the God of the universe, and I am nothing. I'm just a speck to you that you don't have to care about, but for some reason you do care about. You know, we're not praying from that mindset. We're praying from, hey, God, I'm a pretty good person. You owe me. You owe me what I'm asking for. Right? You have to be generous to me. And by the way, you know who you are because you're, because you're the type of person that when something bad happens in your life, you blame God. Or when something uh, that you don't see, that you don't see coming happens in your life, or something that you didn't plan on, something that's not pleasant happens in your life, you kind of get mad at God because you think it's kind of unfair that this stuff's happening in your life because you feel like God owes you better. 
See, that's how we treat God. We think to ourselves, hey, God, I want you to stay over here, and you do your, like, God thing. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do life the way I want to do it, not the way you want me to do it. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it, because God is my life. And then when something bad happens in our life, which always does, because none of us are perfect, and we live in a fallen world. And by the way, let me say this. A lot of times when bad things happen in our life, it's because we did something stupid. Right? Because we are dumb. <laughs> right? A lot of times, bad things happen in our life because they're consequences for a decision that we made. Because we're not following God. And when that bad thing happens in our life, we look over at God. We're like, okay, God, come over here and you got to fix this mess that I got going on right now. God, I need you to come over here and you need to give me this. You need to take care of this. See, we use him, we use God and his generosity to make our lives better. And then we get mad at him if and when he says, no, that's not what's best for you. I'm not giving you that. Jesus, as he's talking to these group of people, he, he says these words and he, they're probably like, okay, all right. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knocking the door will be open. That sounds awesome. And I think Jesus is like, hey, just in case uh, you don't get it, let me say it in this way. And he actually gives an example. He says this in verse 9, in the next verse. He says, who among you, all right, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? All right, nobody. Or if he asks him for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Right? Now, if you have kids, you totally know what Jesus is talking about here. Um, it's, it's enjoyable, right? If you have kids in here, you, you totally get it. It's enjoyable to give to your kids. Can we agree with that? I don't know if maybe you got kids that are teenagers, and maybe it's not as enjoyable. I don't know. I'm not there yet. But for right now, from what I can see, you know, with my oldest being four, okay, it's enjoyable to give to your kids. Sometimes this is what I'll do. I'll, uh, I'll give Toby some little job to do, and Toby's four, and, and, you know, he'll do something super easy, and I'll say, hey, if you do this, you know, I'll go, we'll go to the store, and we'll get a car, okay, or a couple cars or something, just a little Hot Wheel, you know, cars. It's like 98 cents, and, um, and so he'll do it, and then we'll drive to Walmart, and we'll go, and I'll say, hey, you know, here's the section of cars, and I'll, I'll say, hey, you get to pick out whatever car you want, as long as it's 98 cents, right? As long as it's one of the little ones. And, uh, and he has, I mean, he, it's just all smiles. He gets to pick out whatever car, and he usually picks out some weird ones. And I'm like, Toby, are you sure you want that one? That's not even like a real, you know, that's like a dune buggy or something. I don't know what that is. You know, stuff like that. But, um, but it is so fun for me just to be able to watch him and, and give to him Give him such a gift and, and be generous to him, even if I'm just being generous by like three bucks. This past week, I was in Rural King getting some, some hardware and some bolts that I needed. And uh, I'm walking to the register, and I happen to go through like the only toy aisle that Rural King has by chance. And I'm walking through, and something catches my eye, and I'm like, and it's like this, this thing. It's got a bunch of trucks and, and tractors in there. And, uh, and it looks big, and it's cheap. That catches my eye, too. And I... 
you know, I'm just like, I'm just like, I have to get that for him. Christmas is coming up. That's a, that'd be a great Christmas present. And so I bought it for him, and I'm carrying this big old thing. And, uh, and, but for me, I cannot wait to watch him open up that on Christmas. It is fun. And we have joy being able to give gifts, especially to our kids. And Jesus is saying this. He's saying, even you, Zach Pinkerton, know how to give a, a good gift. Or even you, who are messed up people, who are fallen, who have so many issues, who sin all the time, who don't know how to do life right. He says, actually, the word Jesus says is, he says, even you who are evil know how to give a gift. Then he says, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He's like, you know how to do it, and you're messed up. How much more will God give you good things? By the way, one thing I want to point out here is this, is that God will never give to his children what will ultimately hurt or harm them. Right? God will never give to his children what will ultimately hurt or harm them. See, sometimes we start to question God because he hasn't given us what we ask for. And the thing that we got to remember is we don't always know what's best for us. We don't always know. On Friday, uh, Toby came up to me. Again, he's four. And... Um, and he comes up to me and he says, he asks me for a Christmas present. And the thing that he asked me for was a laundry basket. Dad, can I have a laundry basket for Christmas? And I'm like, what do you need a laundry basket for? You know, we got, we have laundry basket. And he's like, I just want one for, my, for myself. And I'm like, okay. He actually asked for two more things. He said, I also, want, um, I also want some closet doors. And he has closet, you know, some new closet doors. And he wants a bowling ball. I don't even know how he even knows what a bowling ball is. But uh, he would probably kill himself or his brother or sister um, with that. But see, it's funny. And I'm like questioning him. And he's like, no, that's what I want. That, that's, that's, what, that's what I want. I want those things. See, he thinks that's what he wants. But I know him. Right? I know him. And I know that I can give him something so much better that will bring him so much joy that will be so much better for him than a laundry basket for Christmas. That's the same thing with God, right? We don't always know what's best for us. See, Luke um, <clears throat> actually documents for us another time that Jesus talks about the same issue. Jesus, this might be the same time. Um, we don't, we're not 100% sure if maybe Jesus talks about the same thing twice or maybe this is the same one and Luke just adds in some different details that Matthew left out. We're not sure. But uh, in Luke chapter 11, this is what Jesus says to this crowd. He says, he also said to them, <clears throat> suppose one of you has a friend, all right? And he goes to him at midnight and says to him, hey, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. Okay, so you guys understand the situation, the scenario that Jesus is saying here, right? Okay, right? Okay, thank you. Um, so Jesus, you know, he's like, suppose this happens. And so we got this guy. 
He's already in bed, and at midnight, his friend comes knocking on the door. Now, there's two things that I want to point out real quick. Number one, it's that uh, at midnight, I mean, this is literally in the middle of the night. Like back then, you would go to bed at you know, when the sun goes down. So midnight was really midnight. And so I know if you're in college in here, you're like, I don't even remember the last time I was in bed before midnight. So not the situation that's going on here. These guys, this family's been in bed for like four hours, let's say, by now. Okay? But not only that, but back then, you would be sleeping in, your, the house would only be basically one room or so, and so the whole family would be sleeping together on a big, like, pallet thing. And so, um, you know, the kids and the parents and everybody is just in there at the same time. So if this guy gets up, he's got to wake up his entire family. Like, it's not an easy situation here. And so this guy has been asleep for like four hours. It's in the middle of the night. The kids are already in bed, and parents... You know, I don't need to tell you how annoying it would be, right, if, uh, if you lived in a one-bedroom apartment with your five kids and you just got the last one put down. You know what I mean? It's finally quiet. Everything is like, it's, it's all done. You can have some space. And then this dude starts banging on the door asking for a favor, right? That's the situation here. At my house, um, you know, when we get the last one down, it's like, it's like nobody breathe. Actually, Kate says, if you wake them up, you're dealing with it. So I don't, I, you know, I stay quiet. Um, and so this friend is banging on the door. And the father's like, stop bothering us. Go away. We're already asleep. There's nothing I can do for you. The kids are already in bed. I'm not getting up. I'm not waking them up. The door is locked. You just need to go away. And the next verse, Jesus says, I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, meaning he, they're friends, okay, but the friendship is not going to be good enough for this guy to get up. That does not give this guy incentive enough to wake up his entire family to help his friend out, to, to, to do this favor for his friend. But yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and he will give him as much as he needs. See, he's saying friendship is important and friendship is strong, but friendship is not enough to get this job done. Friendship's not enough to get this guy out of bed, for this guy to get what he wants, but boldness and persistence is enough. Meaning this guy will get up to give the guy knocking on the door, right, what he wants just to get him to stop, just to get him to stop knocking, to stop bothering him. See, this is all in regard to our prayer life with God. See, God delights to give to those who are bold enough to bother him. God delights to give to those who are bold enough to bother him. I mean, you get what God's saying here? He's saying he wants you to come to him with your requests. He wants you to ask. He wants you to bother him. And then he wants to give you, or he wants to give to you, because God is a generous, loving God. See, ask, seek, knock, it's repetitive. It's like Jesus is saying, hey, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. See, we can approach God with confidence. We know that we are, well, that, you know, we can tell ourselves, I am welcome, I am wanted, and I am heard, and because God is generous with us, and because he demonstrates his generosity towards 
us. Jesus finishes his thought. And that's we need to be generous towards others. That's what he says in the last verse, back to Matthew in verse 12. He says, therefore, he just told, hey, this is how God has been generous to you. This is God, you know, God saying, hey, you ask. Jesus saying, you go ahead, you ask God, you keep on asking, you be persistent about asking. And because of that, because God is so generous towards you, he says, therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Right? We've heard this since we were kids, the golden rule. Do unto others what they would want, or what you would want them to do unto you. But the context of what this is saying that all of us have heard before, the context is in, or it's in the context of generosity. It's in the context of giving. By the way, notice that Jesus says, whatever you want others to do for you, do for them. It is not, hey, do for them so that they will do for you. See, it has nothing to do with someone being generous to us so that we can be generous to them. Hey, we be generous to them, and then they need to be generous to us. You know, that's how we think, and if they're not, then we could stop being generous to them. You know, he's saying, hey, you don't worry about them. This has nothing to do with them being generous to you. He's saying, you be generous, and since you don't know how to be truly generous, look at it this way. Be generous like you would want people to be generous towards you. That's how he's explaining it. Not that they have to be generous to you. Not that they will be generous to you. Not that they will give to you. He's saying that doesn't matter. That's not even in the equation. Too many times we read this and that's what we're thinking. We're like, okay, well, yeah, if they're nice to me, I'll be nice to them. That makes sense. That's, it's not a two-way street here. It's a one-way street. He's saying you be generous. You give. And then he says this is the law and the prophets. He's saying, hey, you want to sum up the whole Old Testament here? Remember, he's talking to these people. He's like, let me just sum up, sum up the whole Old Testament. Give. Be generous. Be generous in the way that you want people to be generous towards you. He's saying that sums it up. In the law of the Old Testament to the Jewish people, God gives them 613 commandments. He's like, let me just sum it up for you. Give and be generous. See, we need to be a loving, giving, generous people. Actually, the first 300 years of Christianity, um, until Emperor Constantine, who was an emperor in Rome, um, the first 300 years after Jesus died, so after Jesus says these words, um, the church grew at about 30% a year. Okay, that's crazy. Churches are blowing up. This church grew at like 30% uh, a year. And in the first 300 years, we cannot find one treaty, one document, one sermon, or one training course on evangelism, okay, on, on teaching people how to reach out to others or teaching people how to share the gospel or telling them about what God or what Jesus has done. So the question is, what caused the church to grow at 30% a year? What caused the church just to explode? What was it? There's no outreach program. There's no seminaries, there's no Bible colleges, there's no, there's no training, there's no small groups, there's nothing. 
what we see is it was their love and their generosity for each other. It was super weird to the world. It was extremely odd. Actually, we know this because there were uh, people who definitely weren't Christians who wrote about the history back then who tell us that, hey, these Christian people are weird and they just give all their stuff away and, they, and they're so generous with each other and they're so loving with each other, but they're not just so generous and loving with each other. They're so generous with the people who hate them. They love the people out there who hate them. And the world around them wanted to understand it because it made no sense. It was just completely countercultural, even as the world was putting them to death and feeding them to lions. See, Christians were known for sharing what they had, for giving what they had away. And so my question for you today, are you generous? Before you answer yes to that, let me just ask, who are you comparing yourself to? The people around you? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm more generous than that person, and I'm way more generous than him. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, as far as people go, I'm a pretty generous person. The question is, are you truly generous with God being our example, which is what Jesus is saying here. With God being our example, are we generous? Let me get more real. Maybe, maybe we'll ask this. What percentage of your monthly income do you give away? Any of it? Are you generous with what God has given you? See, money has this thing with us, and we're all in the same boat here. Uh, money has this thing that just sucks us away from God like no other. Jesus talks about money all the time. Money has this thing that's just kind of this cloud around us, and, and it, it competes with God in our life so much. All right, let me ask this. How much of your weekly time do you give away to people? All right, let me ask this. How much of your weekly time do you give away to people without complaining about it? All right? Sometimes I'll be sitting at home, and I'll be, you know, I'll be working on a project, or I'll be watching TV or, you know, something, and... Uh, and Kate will say, hey, Zach, you know, we all totally understand how this is. Hey, Zach, uh, can you come do this real quick? And I'm like, no, I'm in the middle of my show. <laughs> or, no, I, you know, there's a, the game's on. Or, or it's like, I'm in the middle of this project. I'm trying to put this thing together. How much of your time do you give away to people? How much of your time and energy do you give? Or, or see, many... There are many ways for us to give. Give our effort, give our energy, give our time, give our money, share our stuff. There's many ways that God gives to us. And you just look into your life and really examine yourself. You would see all the different ways that God has given to you. See, that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, hey, there's a couple things I want you to do. Number one, I want you to ask I want you to seek, and I want you to knock. Because there is a loving God who wants to give to you, and it actually brings him joy. He delights in giving to you. And because of that fact, we too should give to others. We too should be generous to others.
And what's cool about it is we have the ability to excel in that. We have the ability to be good at it. To be good at giving. That should be our goal, right? Our goal should be, hey, I want to be somebody who's, I want to be somebody who is good at giving away. I want to be somebody who is good at being generous. I want to be somebody who's good at, at giving their time. Even though we don't want to, even though we got better things in our mind to do, I want, some, I want to be somebody who is good at giving, good at being generous. We have that ability. Jesus is telling us to do that. He's encouraging us to ask. And he's telling us, because of that, we got to be generous to others. Let's pray. God, we thank you um, for being so generous to us. And Lord, you love us, and you don't have to, and you care about us. And you don't have to, but you do anyway. And Lord, we, uh, we thank you for delighting and and. and loving the fact or finding joy in that you give to us. And we thank you for giving to us. And God, we also ask for your help. Help soften our hearts so that we can be generous towards others. Help soften our hearts so we can give instead of hold on. God, we love you and we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.